Say something again, Cheesy. How dare you call me racist? I love lo mein. <laughs> Off to a great start. <laughs> Who's lo mein, by the way? Did you ever hear the story about the child that said to his father, Father, we should walk down the hill. We should run down the hill. And when we run down the hill, before all the sheep run away, we can catch it. And oh the father goodness. says, no, son, if we walk down, we can f them all. <laughs> Whoa, all the sheep. That's a great parable. Is that um, is some sort of Illuminati story? It's, it's tales for wise men awakening in the modern world. <laughs> I'm gonna put my head back and I'm gonna relax. Okay, if you can just be careful of knocking the mic around, that, that, to, to like, don't do that, what you're doing. How about just leave it just like that? Keep talking. Oh, I'm gonna say a lot, and you're gonna like what I have to say. And if you don't, I'm gonna make up a bobblehead that says mean things about you. Bobblehead! And then you're not gonna care when it says mean things about you, because you'll know that I'm obviously joking and I'm really nice, and the world's fucked up, and evil that made me this backstabbing, deceitful and shady. I want the money, the woman, the fortune, and fame. Means I end up screaming in hell, torture the flames. Means I'm stealing a check more than forging your name. It's like time bliss for eternal torture and pain. Just right now, I feel like I can... Are we good? We're great. Um, how well do you... That's like old Eminem, isn't it? What is that? Is that off the... Uh... That's rock bottom. It's rock bottom! It's like makes you mad enough to kill It's, it's rock, rock bottom! bottom. You want something bad enough to steal It's rock, rock bottom! bottom. Like you've had it up to here Cause you're mad enough to scream But you said enough to tear There's people that love me And people that hate me But the that made me This backstabbing deceitful and shady I want the money The women The fortune fame Means I end up screaming In hell torture the flames Means I'm stealing your check It's more than fortune your name It's like timeless For eternal torture pain Cause right now I feel like I just hit the rock bottom I got problems Now everybody on my block's got them I'm screaming at a two shot At the two cops Like Tupac shot him Holding two blocks Are you recording this already? Oh yeah Oh you are She's a I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, don't call her a or else we won't be able to introduce her. Oh. Because she's not a Well, obviously. She's a, a wonderful bitch, woman. I'm a lover, I'm a child. No, I, um, wa I wanted to make sure you're recording it. How big an Eminem fan are you? Are we, are we starting? Yeah, we're going. So I was 20 years old. I was in college. I was studying the Hegelian dialectic with a Jesuit priest, and Lose Yourself came out, and it put me into a full-blown manic Samadhi episode where I ended up in a mental institution 14 times. That's how big of an Eminem fan I am. You were 20 when Lose Yourself came out. Mm -hmm. That's a good age for that. Yeah, well, I was like 30. It depends on how deep into the mental institution you want to go. <laughs> <laughs> Fortune knocks at least once on every man's door. Be sure to answer. That's the fortune cookie that I just got today. And I hope to God that that's true because I could use the cash, man.
Welcome back to the Post Relevant Podcast, episode 24, entitled Cheese and the Transcendental Object at the End of Time. This is your host, Phil Restino. Welcome back. Psyched that you guys have come back to listen to another episode. I have a super doozy of an episode for you guys. This episode kicks mighty ass. If I do say so myself, I have an incredible interview with chess master, rapper, and learned sage, Anthony the Goat Cheese Cause, otherwise known as Cheese or Jesus Christ. And this episode is, wow, uh, it, it's going to blow your mind. It's so intense and deep and incredible. And uh, it ends with uh, Cheese and I freestyling for you. Ooh, and that's awesome too. So I'm excited for you to hear this show because it's one bad mother. I'm not really going to go into what's been going on with me lately because I'd like to keep the intro as short as possible. But I do want to tell you about a couple cool things. First of all, there are five new post-relevant podcast t-shirt designs available for you to wear, created by yours truly, Phil Restino. If you go to postrelevant.com and click on the merch button, it'll take you straight to my Redbubble store. And there you'll find the new designs available on a variety of t-shirts, as well as many other kinds of objects, like clocks and shower curtains. You might be asking yourself, well, Phil, what kind of designs are there? And I could tell you, for example, there is the Aloysius the Alchemist comic strip t-shirt design. There's the poster design for episode nine of the Post Relevant podcast, which was entitled The Temple of Diana, which features myself and brother Andy running across the ice towards the statue of the moon goddess. And most importantly, in my opinion, there is the brand new Under the Silver Lake tribute t-shirt design. It's a drawing of the triple goddess wading into the silver lake drawn by yours truly, Phil Restino. It's my personal tribute to that wonderful movie, Under the Silver Lake, and the central figure that was the key to my interpreting the film, the triple moon goddess. So once I finished season one of the podcast and finished the interpretation of Under the Silver Lake, I thought it would be nice to put a little bow on it by creating this original new design. So go to postrelevant.com and click on the merch button at the top of the page. It'll take you to my Redbubble store, and there you can find those three designs and more. I hope you'll check it out. I hope you'll get a shirt or a clock or a shower curtain, whatever strikes your fancy. And look, if you do buy a shirt, take a picture of yourself wearing it and send it to me. You can write me at postrelevantpodcast at gmail.com. And if you send me yourself wearing the shirt, I'll put it up on my Instagram. And you'll be part of the full 5D experience. That's uh, Instagram.com forward slash Phil Restino for the full 5D post-relevant podcast experience. Also, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to Patreon.com forward slash post-relevant and donate there. Or you can go to the website postrelevant.com and click on the Patreon button at the top of the page. Whatever amount you'd like to donate is cool with me and greatly appreciated, and it helps keep this show going. 
So, as I was saying before, you guys are in for an incredible show today, a delightful interview with Anthony the Goat Cheese Cause, a.k.a. Cheese, a.k.a. Jesus Christ. Cheese is a rapper and a chess master. Uh, he's got a new song out. It's called Crackpot. If you look up Cheese Cause on YouTube, Cheese Cause, uh, that's K-O-Z, and type in the word Crackpot. You should be able to find his new song and his new video. You can also look up Extraterrestrial Chess on YouTube. That's his other channel. And there you'll find Cheese in the park in New York City, hustling for chess games and entertaining the crowds. It's some funny wild shit, man. So this conversation that you're about to hear is pretty funny and wild and nutty and philosophically extravagant. And I figured out how I can sort of explain this with a little story. Um, if you heard uh, episode 23 with my interview with Yehuda Duenas, where we were talking about where we created the post-relevant movement in Prague in 1994, while I was in Prague, I met this guy named Claude, and he was a friend of a friend, and Claude was, seemed a little off. And uh, we were up in our apartment one day, and Claude was brewing tea for us and telling us a story. And he told this story about how he was in Ireland. And he was told that if you take this journey and sleep next to a sheep's wall, don't ask me, I guess it's a wall where sheep sleep. If you sleep next to the sheep's wall, you'll wake up either a poet or a madman. And he was telling us the story about how he was looking for mushrooms, psychedelic mushrooms to pick. And he did sleep next to the sheep's wall, by the way. And little did we know while he was telling us the story that he was brewing us psychedelic mushroom tea. So by the time he had finished the story and we were all sitting there drinking the tea that he brewed for us, I slowly came to realize that he had dosed us with psychedelic mushrooms. Ah, Prague, I barely knew ye. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think Claude woke up a madman, but cheese, Cheese, I would say, must have slept on both sides of the wall because he is simultaneously a poet and a madman. So I guess those things aren't mutually exclusive. I called this episode Cheese and the Transcendental Object at the End of Time because that's a reference that Cheese makes during the conversation and that's the sort of the pursuit of perfection, spiritual perfection that uh, every human may eventually find themselves in pursuit of at some point in their lives. Cheese certainly seems like he's in pursuit of the transcendental object at the end of time. Here's a couple of things that we talk about in this episode. We talk about how the grand pooba of chess was abducted by aliens. We talk about taking acid and applying for college. We talk about the reconciliation of opposites, of good and evil, of duality through studying the Kabbalah. We talk about Carl Jung stealing a rich man's yacht and a whole lot of other stuff. <laughs> I feel like I'm already giving too much away. One of the reasons I wanted to talk to Cheese was because he's a chess master. And through my studies of trying to interpret under the Silver Lake, it came to realize that chess is this really important symbol throughout the movie. And it's also this sort of overarching Masonic symbol as well, 
So chess becomes uh, an important symbol for the halls of power throughout the world. And Cheese goes really deep into the symbolism of chess and what each character, let's call them, represents in the game. It's really awesome. Uh, it, it, it's mind-blowing stuff. And we go way, way, way deeper into a lot of other stuff as well. So if you're a fan of this podcast and of Under the Silver Lake and you want to understand the larger symbolism of chess and the pursuit of the transcendental object at the end of time, I would say this is the conversation for you. And then after the conversation's over, I throw on the beats and Cheese and I freestyle and Cheese is a dope rapper. Haha. <laughs> It's kind of a silly thing for me to say, but I think he's great. He freestyles his ass off, and I try to keep up. Uh, I haven't really done much of it for a long time, but it was fun as hell, and I think it's damn entertaining, and I hope you like that. So before we go into the conversation, here is part of Cheese's new song. This is Crackpot by Jesus Christ. And they're making math equations Playing with our DNA today Fraud and death like A-OK Then they make a getaway With regulation declarations Saying what's a COVID death Set by the same devils That were selling all the Percocet Forget it, diabetics You'll regret it when you get it Get the liquor stores and sugar Were essential, it's pathetic You're addicted so you listen Their statistics are ridiculous CD seeds of truth In a soil of fictitiousness Prescriptions on a mission And they're coming children when little billy silly innocent and tried to live a bit hit, hit him off with riddling in middle school and cripple him with visions of indifference he's drooling you don't give a shit long as he sits silently and studies all your stupid shit what the fuck but i guess i'm just a crackpot crackpot god damn i hit the jackpot jackpot so i'm fire and i'm that hot that hot alien space craft of the crackpot Check my fat cock After that you should go and look up Black Rock When I'm landing with my army of crackpots Yeah This is, alright, so I'm talking to Cheese Cheese, what do you it, like to be introduced as anything else besides Cheese? Like, how do you want the world to know you? I work with a guru and she says I have to go by my name Anthony now I can't tell anybody Do you want your a, last a name out there? from inside the mountains My name so I go by Anthony the Goat Cheese Cause. Mm-hmm. Your last name is Cause. Kazakowski. Kazakowski. But don't tell anybody. <laughs> Anthony the Goat. You don't have to edit this out. Like the great. No, you can't. You don't tell me what I have to edit. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this is not my. I'm podcast. just fucking with you. I'm just fucking with you. Um, I, I just got taken back, people. I'm not just fucking with you. I mean, you just everything that you just said that makes me want to ask you like seventy questions, but I don't want to leave the Eminem idea yet. So, 20 years old, were you already clued into him before Lose Yourself? You must have known. Not re- No, I shit. remember I was in the car one night and I was listening to this guy rap and I think it was a song about him like killing his baby's mother and drowning her in the back of a car. Kim. Maybe I should write a song like that. It might help me cathartic. Oh my God. Whoa. Well, he did it though. Whoa. The one, the one where he 
Wraps her in plastic and drags her body into the woods. That one, or we actually started to rhyme when you did that. He was like, "He wraps her in plastic." He wraps her in plastic. And that was no good. And, and, he, and then dragged her into the hood. Right. <laughs> um, that one or the one from the first from the uh, I don't the know. First I was, album, all I know is I was, I was in the car with my with my buddy who looked like Eminem. Okay, and I didn't know he looked like Eminem because I know who Eminem was, and he was playing Eminem wow. in the car because he looked like him. And then I was like, wait a second, he's white? Wow. So you heard him and you're like, holy fuck, this guy's white? I was like, holy fuck, this guy. Like, because he didn't sound white at all. He's gotten whiter sounding as he's grown, grown older. And then basically what happened was I was into him. I liked him. But I didn't give that. I was still more into like Bob Dylan and John Lennon. Wow, really? And then Lose Yourself came out. And that style of rap wasn't available then yeah so no, you couldn't understand what he was saying but i was studying the hegelian dialectic with a jesuit priest i had stopped taking my medication what medication were you on just lithium and serotonin for they thought that i was crazy <laughs> that was the clinical diagnosis was he crazy they said the clinical diagnosis was holy fuck chemically lobotomize him for the safety of society <laughs> okay so um, you're 20 you're on lithium. You were supposed to be on lithium and Seroquel. Seroquel. What does Seroquel do? Makes you stupid. Okay, perfect. It's its function. It's so you stop. You're like fuck this and fuck this. Right. So then I was studying philosophy with a Jesuit priest. Mm -hmm. How did you? How did you meet the Jesuit? How did that happen? That's a great question. How did you meet the Jesuit priest? So I was priest? 14 years old. Uh huh. Right. No, wait up, wait, wait. I was actually 16. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And I came to school. On LSD. On at fourteen, you at sixteen. At 16. You went to high school on LSD. Oh, it was fun. I remember, I remember walking around the school before that, like baffled and being like, "Yeah, these people don't understand the universe provides." Yeah. Why are they so stressed out about their SATs? And then <laughs> all all of my friends were like trying to get into colleges and worried about their SATs. And I showed up to school on LSD. And then there was a thing when I walked into school at LSD. Now imagine this, I'm like making fun of everybody. I'm like, you don't understand the universe provides? And then I walk into school on LSD and I look, and there it says, on-site admission, St. Peter's College, interview today. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, whoa. See, I told you, yeah. you're studying for, LA, for SATs, I'm taking LSD and I just got into college. So I walked in and it was really cool because I took the interview on acid. Well, was it the guy, what? the Jesuit priest? It was not the Jesuit priest. I just I walked in. One of his minions. It was one of his minions, uh -huh. and I walked in, and I spoke to them, and they were like, "You'd be a fine addition to St. Peter's College," and I was like, "Whoa, I just got into college." So that was my whole college application process. Oh shit! And on then, LSD. On LSD, yeah. Whoa, um, that's amazing. So, I didn't know any of that. Yeah. So.
So but wait, wait, I hope you... that that no, but I, I hope that I'm pretty sure that that's definitely true because I know there were a bunch of times I had to talk, I like I got arrested for smoking pot when I was 15. Uh-huh. Back when people yo know, in New back York City. In, back in my day, you in New York used City. to in, in New Jersey. In Jersey. Oh, yeah. oh. Mm. Back in my day, right, right, right. You used to get arrested uphill yeah. both ways for smoking marijuana. <laughs> right. I used to have to wear plastic bags on my feet in the snow. So, so yeah, I know I would talk to guidance counselors. It was funny that I would have to go and. They were concerned for my well-being, so I would have to talk to these guidance counselors about my substance abuse issues. Mm-hmm. And I would go down there like on acid, and it was really fun. And they had no idea. No, because it Isn't was not wild. I mean, maybe, but it's like that. They just, don't know. It's just like I something. think that's incredible. I think that's insane. I can't. They don't know. They wouldn't know. I'm I'm sure they don't know. By the way. Well, if they're listening, they don't know. Who gives a shit? <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. But I mean, like, well, who doesn't take you... acid when they're fifteen? Me, I never did. Pussy. But I didn't I take did. it till college. Huh? That explains a lot. Oh, does it? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? That you need to take some You've acid. You've never taken it. No, you know, I always intended to, and it just never really kind of happened in the right place in the right time, and so I never did. Well, you and need now to, I don't really want to. Well, you should change that's, that desire. And that's the I, voice I of... the natural highs. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that's you the voice. Can we say your... cigarettes and weed all the time. Say your... <laughs> punch you. Can we say your name? Of course. Oh, okay. So we'll, we're with Laurel in the fairy den. Mm. That's where we are right now recording this uh, this show, uh, the fairy den. Laurel is previously from episodes, I think maybe 12 and 17. Wow. Yeah. Quite the popular right. guest. Yeah. If you want to hear a real interview with her, listen to episode 17, Ladies of the Hour, part two. That's a good episode where we talk at length about Laurel and what she does. And and after the that episode was and over, the moon. A, and the moon, after that uh, that interview was over, she was like, you didn't ask me about anything that I know about. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So that's where we are. Um, so I'm here with, with Laurel and Cheese. Cheese, if you had to like tell people what you did, which is a shitty question, but what would you tell people you do? Oh, for a living? Oh. It's or actually, just what you you know like what's like, your life what do you consider yourself to be what's your what's your what's I'm your being's angel, action I'm an angel alien hybrid that's sent to stop the Illuminati from turning the planet into robots I like it mm-hmm. um, okay I feed myself teaching chess oh right I'm the Schrodinger's cat of chess masters I'm both above and below master at the same time wow I've been what te- does that mean <laughs> well okay. Schrodinger's chat Schrodinger's cat is both inside the box and not inside the box simultaneously. I got that part, but what I don't understand is how that applies to you. Oh, I'll explain. Because you have to break 2200 to make chess master. I got to like 2156, then my mother died, so I dropped a little, and then I started climbing back up, and then the club came out and said, you have to take part in a medical experiment in order to play <laughs> chess in this club. A so, medical experiment? Oh. Also known oh, as well, we'll a vaccine. Get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Wait, that's not what it's Wait, what's so, the what's the genius like? What is the ranking? How do you rank a chess master? What's that? I all was about? just telling you. You were, but I don't understand the scores. Like, so how does the scores work? All right, so like, the best guy at your local bar is probably about twelve to thirteen hundred. Okay. Um, the average adult is about a thousand to eleven hundred, maybe okay. maybe nine to eleven hundred. Okay. An average tournament player is like fourteen to sixteen hundred. Okay. An expert is two thousand. And a master is twenty two hundred. 
and then there's like different gradations of master. How is it ranked? How do you, what is the, what do the numbers mean exactly? It's very simple. You just, you basically go to tournaments and compete for numbers. You compete for numbers. Mm -hmm. And money. Fascinating. And, and pride. So when people are playing chess, they're literally playing to be ranked. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. In tournaments, yeah. That's amazing. So say two people that are 2200 play each other. Mm-hmm. And one guy wins, he'll be twenty two eleven, and then that guy loses, he's twenty one eighty nine. It's crazy, right? Um, but now say if like a sixteen hundred is playing a twenty two hundred, mm -hmm. and the twenty two hundred beats a sixteen hundred, then the twenty two hundred will be twenty two oh one. Because the sixteen hundred doesn't mean a lot. Yeah, nobody gave a fuck about him. Right. Right. So is there yeah. some overlord like dude in a big robe who decides like, like the gradations, the levels of how you score? A chess guy. He's called the bishop. Oh, really? No. Oh, that know. would be cool if there was though. <laughs> if there was, a, if there was a bishop. No, it's normally like a fat guy in a yellow shirt that's called a tournament director. <laughs> and and basically, what you do is you just write your score down, mm -hmm. and it's trusted that it's been recorded properly. It's crazy. And then, so people could just be lying about what they. They could, but it's tricky because there's you always get fucking caught. Okay. Which will bring us to the deeper things. Our next thing about why it's important to always tell the truth. We'll get there too. I have more chess questions because chess is a real metaphor. Everybody wants to talk to me about chess. Well, it's a, re it's a. I mean, this is like the fucking I Masonic. Like, I feel like Laurel right now when she's like, I do more than sell crystals. Well, we will. We have so much to talk to you about. I do more than play with bishops. We have so much to talk to you about, but the, but chess is a great place to start because you're staring at my rooks. Are you staring at my rooks? My eyes are here. Are you staring at my rooks? Um. You know, I mean, the Masonic chessboard. Okay, so... I mean, it's literally, they literally, like, the, the masters of the world literally use chess as the metaphor for how they make moves on the globe. Yeah, so basically the idea, if you study the cross-cultural mystical systems, mm -hmm. you start to see serious correlations, right? So the Chinese have the 64 hexagrams mm -hmm. in the I Ching. So there's 64 and then there's six. There's six hexagrams, right? So a hexagram means six, so it's 64 six-lined structures, right? Okay. So a chessboard has 64 squares with six different pieces on it. If okay. you go into the Jewish or Egyptian tree of life, there's 32 points on the tree of life, but the opposite direction is how that bring you to 64 and the center point is six. Oh, far out. Right. So that describes basically the layout and the structure of the board. But when you go deeper into it, the first thing that was ever created was the directions because the Big Bang needs directions to explode into. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if you look at a chessboard, the first piece on the chessboard is the rook, which governs the four directions up, down, left, and right. Wait, why? What do you mean at the first piece? Why is it the first piece? It's if, all, all the way on the side. When you, when you set when you set the board up, yeah. the piece that's all the way like if you're going from left to right or right to left. You're talking about the major pieces, not the pawns. Not the pawns. No, no. So if you're if you're going if you're going from right left to right or right to left, uh -huh, the first uh -huh. piece is going to be the rook. rook, and that governs the directions, right? Straight back and forth, straight side to side. Right. Yep. Um, but that handles the four directions. Mm -hmm. Then the piece after that is knight. the knight. Now the knight, if it starts on yin, it moves to yang. If it starts on light, it moves to dark. Oh. It starts on dark, it moves to yang. But the interesting thing is that. Electromagnetic energy moves in 90 degree angles, right? So it goes up and then over. It does? Yeah. So the... Wow, this is, this is going to be an awesome interview. The knight 
the night actually represents the synthesis of those poles, right? Because it, it's the Tao. The night is the Tao. The night is said to represent intellectual devotion. Um, oh. and things but the thing is the knight has the capacity it's the only piece that could jump but it, again if it starts on yin it goes to yang so if you think about the male female spectrum the male is electric and the female is magnetic yeah so if it starts on male it ends on female if it starts on female it ends on male but now this is it's the interesting thing because first you have the directions mm -hmm. then you have the initiation of polarities right okay so the knight is the only piece in chess that by law has to change colors on every move. It's amazing. Right? Every other piece, there's some variation that it could stay on the same color complex on that move. The knight by law has to change colors on every move. Okay. Right? So again, it shows, so we move from the creation, so it moves from the directions into the polarities okay. that are fused to come together. They let you hop around and shit. It, it mobilizes you once you reconcile the polarities, right? And that's the true spirit of the intellect is the ability to reconcile the polarities. Right? Ah. Now, Kabbalistically, you cross between worlds on 45 degree angles, which are diagonals. Kabbalistically, you cross on diagonals, so that's the bishop. That's the bishop, the holy man. So you move between worlds ah. on the diagonal plane, which so is... the bishop has an access to dimensional, interdimensional portals? Yeah, yeah. So the bishop, the bishop is like the holy man. He's like the meditator. He's the one that moves between worlds. And the interesting thing about the bishop is he's either going to, he's the only piece in chess that has to stay on the same color for the whole game. Do you know why that you can access dimensions diagonally? The reason that, I mean, I don't know, but I know when you look at the tree of life, the, you, when you're moving through worlds, it's on 45 degree angles. The lightning bolts. Yeah, so the idea is that what is it to hold your consciousness at a uh, 45 degree angle? I don't, I don't necessarily know, but I just know that that's, a, that's why it's the bishop. That's why it's the holy peace. Now, ironically, I think the bishop used to be called the elephant. Okay? Ah. But the really cool thing about the bishop, again, is you either have your light squared bishop or your dark squared bishop. Right. And it doesn't... The black pope and the white pope. Yeah, and it doesn't change. Now, th it, that gets deeper into strategies later in the game. Hang on one second. Lorella, you have something? Interestingly, uh -huh. when we are able to see multidimensionally, we usually don't see it right directly in front of us. Right. We see it from... Peripherally. Peripheral vision, which is supposed to be like when we really strengthen the cones of the eyes which see peripherally over the rods which we're used to using most yeah when we strengthen those cones it opens up our peripheral vision and we will more frequently see little things rushing by on the side you know being fairies or other dimensional right type of stuff yes so that's just an interesting little side note to okay the whole peripheral <laughs> dimensional diagonal a good observation. My cones are huge. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the bishops move diagonally, and they go from dimension to dimension. They right. go between dimensions. Now, if you, now the queen moves on the straight side to side and diagonal, so it's literally royalty is the fusion of the physical and, and spiritual planes. Oh, of course. So that's when that's when royalty emerges. Of right? course. Now the cool thing is when you look at the pawns, mm -hmm. the pawns are like the slaves and. Cato and Plato's cave. Just that yes. They could only look in one direction. They right. only move one way. The only way they can capture from the opponent is to advance one square spiritually or diagonally. Mm. Okay. Mm. But if they make it to the quote-unquote other side, they become reality. 
because they get taken. Right. Well, no. If they move to, if they get to the other side of the board. Oh, then it gets replaced. I don't. I don't remember that in chess. So what if, is a, that? Pawn, that if a pawn gets to the other side, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it becomes a queen. Oh, so you can replace the pawn with the queen if your queen's been taken. Yeah, it's like no, no. You can have up to nine queens at a time. Real in chess for real? The fuck out of here! No bullshit. No bullshit. Whoa, that's insane. You can look me up, bro. I'm a tournament director. No, no, I, I Canada, trust you. Canada I just life never. Master. You obviously will know things about chess that I've never heard of before. So. Yeah, so it, but that's it's the cool analogy, right? Like uh -huh. the pawn is just this little worthless shit. But if he makes it to the other side, he becomes whatever piece he wants. Okay. Which is just like life, I suppose. Yeah. And why is the king so lame? Well, because he's a lazy, fat piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, he, all right, so the female has all, is also an interdimensional portal. Well, the female is an interdimensional portal and a physical portal. But the idea, uh -huh. the idea, I mean, the function of the game is to capture the king. Right. So... But he's a lazy piece of but shit. But he's a lazy piece of shit because it'd be impossible to capture him if he wasn't. So the king is oh. the so the king. It's funny. The king is the most important piece, and the queen is the most powerful. So that I do think that that is a clue into how the elite perceive royalty and. Well, this is real. What I'm gonna say, you could actually look this up, uh -huh. and I know people that. Are friends with this guy. He was he was the former head of the World Chess Federation. Okay. Claims he was abducted by extraterrestrials. Really? And that chess comes from outer space and that it's the best way to stop an extraterrestrial invasion. And I've spoken to people that are friends with him uh -huh. that said, I said, is the guy telling the truth or is he crazy? And they're like, oh no, the guy's fucking crazy, but he's telling the truth. And he's and the head of chess? He was, the, he was the head of chess, yes. What did they call him? The chess poop. The chess? Grand Pooba. Pooba? The chess Grand yeah, Pooba. Do they really? He was the president of the World Chess Federation. Okay, <laughs> Grand Pooba is from the Flintstones. Right, which I, I, for all those that can't see me, I'm currently dressed oh, like yeah. Fred Flintstone on LSD after leaving the war. Jesus is always wearing a tie over his t-shirts or what have you. So he claimed... A smiley face tie. So he was... Yeah, so he claims that he was abducted by extraterrestrials and the chess comes from outer space. And it's Whoa. the best way to stop an extraterrestrial invasion. Do you think that the extraterrestrials play chess as well? Yeah, because again, what did we say, right? So like there's look, rules for these the way it all works. But think about how many how many protons code for protein in the human genome? Sixty-four, right? How many? Say that again. There's sixty-four um, codons that code for protein in the human genome. Codon, what does a codon do? It's a th I mean, I'm not a geneticist. That's just like a cool fun fact. Oh, wait, you're not a ge Get the fuck out of here. You're not a fucking geneticist? This interview is over. And that's why I didn't, and that's why, and that's why I didn't take the shot because I know nothing about genetics. Oh, yeah, me neither. All right, so 64 codons. There's 64 codons that code for proteins. Code for proteins. In the human genome. Okay. That's just a fun fact I heard from Terrence McKenna. That's fine. So this number 64 seems to replicate itself cross-culturally. What I'm imagining is, first of all, what is 64? It's eight times eight, mm -hmm. right? Or what is it? It's four cubed, right? I'm not, yeah, it's, yeah, it's four cubed. What you have is the smallest amount of, it's the, it's the apex structure of the third dimension, right? Because it's four, which is the direction it's cubed. Mm -hmm. So that brings you into basically the shape of the third dimension. Is that a, a, a tesseract? I don't think so, no. I just think the number 64 
there's something structural about it that's inherent to this dimension. And the reasons that I'm saying that is because if you look at the I Ching, you look at the Kabbalah, 64 is huge there. Mm-hmm. You look at chess, you look at the human... It's all about 64. Yeah, it's there's the 64 thing, and 64 gets back to 1 and 0, which is binary and all that shit, and you can go forever down the rabbit hole. Yeah. But the general idea that I'm seeing is that I think the chessboard itself represents the three-dimensional grid that we're on. And that yeah for sure and if you if you actually pay attention it's the it's the the Shakespearean all the world's a stage it's how they do the it's how they make the people that think they're running the place make moves yeah and if you look deeper at it the theater of war as they say yeah you know and chess it, it's all and, about chess and it's crazy too because there's think about this there's nowhere in nature that straight lines are actually created sure a chessboard, the chess pieces are just the simplest configuration to contain all the variances that a straight line can move in. Mm-hmm. That's all that's happening, right? Mm-hmm. So what you're basically taking, so the straight line represents the human mind. Right? No doubt. And then the 64 squared grid represents the third dimension. <laughs> so what you're basically doing is you're taking the human mind and laying it over the third dimension. Okay. And that's what chess is. ever say what aliens invented chess? I haven't spoken to the Grand Poobah. I mean, maybe you've heard him say these things. As the story goes, mm-hmm. he said that he went onto the craft, it was all telepathic, they told him all this shit, then they put him back home. Did he say what they looked like? No, I don't know if he said what they looked like, but I know that supposedly his security saw a bright light come outside of his room and then he was just gone sure. for three hours. It's okay. usually how it works. Yeah, so he claims he was abducted by aliens and chess comes from outer space and it's the best thing we can do to stop an extraterrestrial invasion. It's fucking wild. The notion that consciousness is the ground of all reality is actually not that crazy. It's just... The implications are pretty crazy. And then the responsibility that that places on you is pretty crazy. Because if you actually believe that, then you better be doing your best. Mm-hmm. Right? And if that's the case, which it is, mm-hmm. and then you have a game, which is the human mind over the three-dimensional matrix, what's happening is the human mind is strengthening and our collective psyche is strengthening through basically what you can call Kabbalah in a board game. Yeah, And it's okay. why chess is getting so huge right now, because we're dealing with all these factors, you know, that... The world, like the Maya prophecy was that we would go through this great transition from 2012 to 2025. We're going through that now and people are waking up. And that's why everyone's starting to look at chess and be like, whoa, what the fuck is this, right? Well, the more I look into things, the more I see Kabbalah being this repeating metaphor. You know what I mean? So it makes sense. And especially when you look at like the Masonic stuff, it's 
Kabbalah chest, well, that whole... I mean, it all goes back to the Great Pyramid. What I... I was starting to write a book, and what I said at the beginning of it was, ever since humans were able to think, we've been trying to wrestle with these notions of good and bad, right? So mm -hmm. first, it started with religion, tried to tackle that. And the religions failed tremendously because they tried to make relative principles into absolutes. Right. And that's just, if you just know the meaning of relative, it means that which is based on something else. So thou shalt not kill is based on killing, right? So everything's based in its opposite. Like, you shall not do this is based on what happens if you do do it, right? So it's a relative statement because it's, it's rooted in its opposite. Well, and that's and that's like uh, the way that the forms of uh, control work. You see, like uh, like uh, with politicians, all they really allow are two opposing parties, They're right? The same fucking two thing. opposing, but that's the game. Is chess? It's the red guy and the blue guy. I was just in uh, up for jury duty over the past two days, and today I sat in a room and listened to these two lawyers. One guy is the the defense lawyer and the other guy is the prosecution lawyer and they're telling us about the case that we potentially would be would become a juror for and first the prosecuting lawyer talked to us for a while and then the defending lawyer talked to us for a while and the prosecuting lawyer kept on talking about the two of them being friends so it's just another fucking game True. and they just they are stuck on this dualism thing the light and the dark the, the opposites and that's how I don't know if they just see that as that's how things move or or if it's all just a chess metaphor and that's as far as they can think is like... Well, what happens... I mean, look... Because ultimately, the people that are running the world, quote-unquote, look at this situation as a game and we're participants in their game even though we don't know it. Well, but what right? I said... So what, they're gaming... You even hear these words, you know, words like gaming the system and all that mm -hmm. kind of shit. So it's always this on the highest levels. It's a game that they're playing. And are they challenging us to join the game to become conscious of their game? You know what I mean? Like it, it because <laughs> when you get rich enough and powerful enough, obviously you, you don't give a shit about money and stuff like that. So maybe what uh, if you get to a certain level on the, in the physical world maybe that's all there is left is playing a game i at this point what i'm going through uh -huh. is i do think that there's a group of elites that are talking to extraterrestrials that are trying to turn us sure. into slaves for sure i think our problems are deeper than that though i agree and i think that that's what we're actually looking at is the balancing of the forces right is the balancing of these clang forces so if you look at the tree of life if you look at the I Ching. It's all opposites coming together. Mm -hmm. That's what the whole thing is. Now, Carl Jung said that people don't have thoughts, thoughts have people. <laughs> what we the really, thoughts were first. Right, what we, what we, and we emerge from thought. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what we need to come into contact with is when you look at the Tree of Life, look at the I Ching, there's a primal structure Joe Rogan was talking about when he smoked DMT and he said, like, you go into this higher plane where there's these geometries made of love and understanding. Uh-huh. So what you have is these higher geometric structures that are the emanations of the mind of God. Yes. And the opposites there, in order to create the geometries, there's tensions. Uh-huh. So, say, for example, black and white 
are the same thing. Black absorbs all color. White reflects all color. So white actually has no color in it. Thereby it's black. And black has absorbed all the color. Thereby it's white. And so what you have is everything is the one primal source spinning in opposite directions. When we come down to earth, we'll actually feel this in our daily lives. You'll feel these tensions bubbling within you, right? Now, where people lose their fucking minds is they start thinking that they're thinking their thoughts on one side of the spectrum, right? So, like, if a person's a Democrat or a Republican, mm. what that is is that they're just polarized and their minds are still just pulling towards the half that they were born because everybody's born closer to one side than the other. They get stuck identifying on one side. Right, and but everyone's going to be born Kabbalistically, you're either a chesed person or a gavor person. Right. Uh, I remember Gavor is severity? Yeah, so... What's Hesed? Hesed or Gedula is... Basically, it's like mercy expansion. Mercy, okay. Playfulness, you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. the, the giddy type of shit, like the child, the childy shit, right? So it's mercy and severity. Yeah, okay. and then Gevura actually means, like, constriction. It's right. like power, but it's constriction. So if you think about, like, when you're getting stronger, your muscles are constricting. So what you have with chesed is this amazing flow of energy and then gerua that constricts it. Now, that comes into balance in the middle pillar, right? When right. you master your middle pillar, right. these things come into harmony, right? right? But what's gonna happen is everybody's born closer to one of these poles. Like you're kind of like plugged into this divine matrix where most people that wake up, a lot of us are normally born more chesed right? Like we're, okay. we're more free flowing, more like hippie-ish, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then what happens is, if you're doing it right, you start to learn how to constrict yourself. You start to learn how to discipline yourself. You start to learn how to balance yourself so you can actually harness the capacities. Uh, right? Okay. So this is the actual game. Now where the elite, the elites know all this shit, they have all the timetables, they have all that stuff. And they do work to make sure we don't find this shit out. So it's a problem. Uh-huh. But the deeper problem is that we just don't love each other. And what is love? Love is the willful decision to recognize yourself in everything that you see. Right. Right. Hate is the willful decision to not see yourself in your opposite. Right. And evil is the failure to recognize yourself in the opposite. Is the willful failure because evil what? is like the, the the action of the will of judging the opposite. You know what I mean? It's like the action of like you judge the opposite and then you take action against them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah but... you, you, I, I don't think you're evil until you start actually stabbing. Well, it's, and, like well the, the thing, the thing <laughs> you know is, what I mean? and Young said this, right? Like uh, he said, I'm hard pressed to say evil doesn't exist when you look at Auschwitz or you right. look at Stalinist Russia, right? right? But now the thing is, is that the th- evil is... Its genesis point is your failure. Like, think about the fall from Eden. Sure. Was when man gained the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah, that bugs me a little bit. Well, no, it's very simple, actually, Mm -hmm. because once we started making separations, Mm -hmm. moral distinctions, now there's a tug of war in the soul. So does that the fall from Eden, is it really just a metaphor for becoming three-dimensional? I don't know. I mean, I, I really, I think it's a... A metaphor for perceiving dualities. Because I mean, you say, it even incorporates the word fall, 
And so you kind of can look at it as like falling in dimensions from a higher vibrational dimension to a three-dimensional dimension. Yeah, but I mean, it's such a crazy thing because who the fuck knows what's going on with that story. Right. Yeah, I know it's archetypally true. I know it works, right? I know Jordan Peterson does great work on it Uh when you actually pull it apart. But I don't necessarily know if it's falling into the third dimension because I think we still can create a paradise in three dimensions. But is the way that we create the paradise in the three dimensions by no longer identifying with our consciousness on the third dimension, but becoming in touch with a higher level of our consciousness and that allows you to identify with more unified forms of consciousness as opposed to the polarity consciousness of 3D. Right, yeah, that's that's definitely what we do. Like, that's what the Our Father is, right? It's right. The, on Earth as it is in Heaven. Right. And if you want to bug out, just play the Our Father in Aramaic. That's okay. Just what the fuck is that? Our Father. That was your phone. <laughs> Shut okay. the fuck up, that wasn't my phone. <laughs> you farted music. Oh, um, say again what you wow, just said. Wow, that's saying? a great rap line. Like, bitch, bitch, I'm the shit. Bitch, I'm the shit. Yo, I got no doubts. Every time my fart music comes out. Nice. <laughs> so, the climb is the reconciliation of opposites. Because in three dimensions, yeah. you're just going to see opposites, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, yeah. when you're going to yeah. start to climb the ladder is when the opposite starts to reconcile. When you start to realize hippies and conservatives are the same thing, right? right. Like, think about who doesn't want the vaccines to the far left and the far right. Right. You know what I mean? It's so trippy. When you really get into it, communism, fascism, same exact thing. Capitalism, communism, same exact thing, right? Because eventually what happens is five people have all the fucking money and everybody's broke. Right. Now, this gets into another polarity of the haves and the have-nots, right? Mm -hmm. And you see it. There's always going to... In order to have a physical experience, you need gradation, right? You can't have a physical experience if you don't have gradation. So human beings, consciousness actually moves in gradients in this plane. So in perfect spirit, everything's equal. When you come into a dimensional existence, you need inequality in order for the fluidity of energy to move through the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So there's always going to be, what are they in the Buddhist sutras? They say amongst amongst men there are wise men and fools, but in the way there is no northern or southern patriarch. Right? Say it again. Say Among, it slower. Amongst men there are wise men and fools, mm-hmm. but in the way there is no northern or southern patriarch. What do they mean? That. There's hierarchy in this plane, but when you taste the Tao, all is equal, right? Like, you must see the entire creation within a rock, or you don't see the entire creation. So the drunken homeless guy that's sleeping on the corner, in the Tao, is equal to, sure. is equal to the greatest Buddha. Right? Well, the citadel lies in the heart of the other. What's the citadel? That's the white dot in the black tier, and oh. the black dot in the white tier. Right. In the citadel, in the heart of the citadel lies the other. Yeah. That's the Tao. Well said. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. So, what happens is, in order to have this experience, we're going to have this gradation. Right. Can we shut it off? Yeah, I could. Okay. Or just uh, mute it. Okay. So, so the idea in the highest of the high, everything is perfectly equal. It's all one mandala. The thing is, when you get down here, there is no such thing as down here without. Opposites. Without opposites, without gradation. So it's not just opposites. Hmm. It's opposites with gradation. Okay. The transition that we're in now is so the religions failed initially because they made relatives out of absolutes. 
after that, philosophy kind of stepped in. And philosophy actually started to do a pretty good job. Mm -hmm. But it was too nebulous and abstract. So then science came over and basically gave us mastery over the physical plane. Mm. And then our model slowly went from good and evil to comfort and discomfort, which Mm. caused a major clusterfuck. It's funny because science came from the alchemists, it seems. So you have these weird spiritual weirdos who are uh, keeping the traditions starting from ancient Egypt alive. And then, and, and try, and I mean, ultimately that whatever they knew in ancient Egypt, which is most likely a holdover from Atlantis and, you know, the worldwide, whatever worldwide civilization existed before the whatever cataclysm happened and their high sciences. And then you have like the alchemists continuing that tradition through history and going underground because of the church. So it's like science, science weirdos in conflict with religious weirdos, you know? And then it, it poops up into uh, the the above ground again with the United States. And then, because all those dudes are masons so they're all alchemists, they're all alchemists essentially. They're hermeticists. They're carry on like carrying on the tradition of the hermeticists in this in this country, and then they go on to rule the country, and then eventually the world. So you've got these these weirdos that are carrying on this tradition from ancient Egypt. Well, this is the tradition. So it's this mishmash of like religion and science and spiritualism and philosophy, but it all seems to have gotten completely corrupted, and you know and fucked, uh, it seems like it should have yielded something better than it has, but maybe it's just, maybe it's just yielded as much as it could before it has to morph into something else. Well, what's happening now that I see? First of all, like Isaac Newton was a secret society Kabbalist that thought he could transform lead into gold and became the treasurer of the mint. So maybe he did know, <laughs> right, right? I mean, well, I mean, those guys all were mysteriously coming up with all this money. Right, so I mean- And building those giant cathedrals and stuff like that, so. What seems to happen is there's a Kabbalistic saying, four men knock on the gates of heaven, one man enters, one man goes insane, one man goes suicidal, one goes homicidal, right? So the idea is that when wow. you when, when you start playing with this, it's why like so many new age people are so fucked up and you see so many people get crushed by these things. When you step into this, you're either going to make it or you're not. And it's, you know, I, I was talking to a friend of mine about this yesterday and it's like, listen, like if you want to be like a three dimensional person, mm-hmm. you could like get your job at like Goldman Sachs and like middle management and like make your little 200K a year or whatever the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. Take your vaccines. And, <laughs> get your money and you know have your little heart conditions and mm-hmm. take your meds for that and, you know go on your vacations with your family and like and you'll pretty much be left alone and when you start climbing the ladder and you st- your consciousness actually starts reconciling the opposites mm-hmm. the demons attack now what happened down here from what I understand is that we're descended from extraterrestrials and the good ones were on the naive spectrum and didn't realize the strength of evil, basically, because their ascension into the higher dimension was so peaceful that they didn't realize the will, uh-huh. power of the evil. For example, to hijack a fucking crystal to take over the planet. <laughs> what? Nothing. So, 
so we got into a situation where power got into the wrong hands down here. Mm. And the thing that's going to save us is enough individuals working to bring the opposites together within their own soul. And that's, you know, the Hebrew notion of the dawning of Mashiach. That's, uh. So if, if you really look close, right, every single religion has the same shit. Right. That there's basically a certain group of people that are going to get the job done. Right. And then everything's going to be okay. Do the, do, do, the, do the Jews believe that the true spiritual Hebrews believe that the Messiah is a group of people? Is that the Kabbalists? The Kabbalists understand. The, their... the, the high Kabbalists understand uh-huh. that. Okay. okay. I mean, so they don't see it as a cube, as a single. The, the, no, but the Jews and like person, the, the but they Jew, see it as a group. The Jews and the Jews in the in like the synagogues and shit. I mean, they're still waiting for they're Jesus waiting to come. For what's his name? Yeah, they're where they're uh, the yeah like, they're like I remember my ex girlfriend was an Orthodox Jew. What's she, his name? Elijah. Yeah, that guy. waiting for Elijah. Yeah, that that. It sounds like a movie, like a Lifetime movie. <laughs> waiting for Elijah. Waiting for Elijah. Um, oh, Elijah. So, yeah, the general the idea is, that, but like, look at like Christians. If you worship the Messiah, then the Messiah is gonna come back and everything's gonna be okay. The Muslims, I don't know what the fuck they got, but they got something similar. Like, do it, and the prophet's gonna return, and God's gonna mm-hmm. fucking save the chosen people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the Jews, they skip that, and they're just like, "Fuck you, we are the chosen." Right. Then you got the Jehovah's Witnesses with 144,000, which is a Fibonacci number. Basically, the idea is that there's a small amount of people that will master the truth within themselves and that will carry us into the new age. And it's an amazing thing because this, the privilege is a fight, right? Like the chosen are the ones who choose to be chosen. Uh-huh. This, is, this, is, this is the deep things I wanted to yell at you about. Uh-huh. Right? Where it's like, we were talking the other day and you were like, I think most people just give up. And it's like, right. for, for me, it's like, where the fuck do you get, get the right to give up? Right? Like if, because if, if we give up, well, I can be uh, to interrupt you. Sorry, but what happens? I believe, and it's interesting because you're you say like you begin on the spiritual path, and there's four things that can happen to you. You can make it. You can go insane. You can become a uh, you know a demon. What's the fourth one? Homicidal, suicidal, homicidal, crazy right. demon, or crazy um, make it. Yeah, so make it is only one of four options. Right. So I think, because I, 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 I mean, in some ways, nothing is more destructive than trying to go on a spiritual path. Like you're on your individual spiritual journey will fucking murder you. <laughs> it's trying to murder you. And, and so you go through these phases where you give up for a while because you're like, I've been at this for decades and it's yielded jack shit. Because, you know, there's that whole spiritual materials kind of idea where it's like, I do this so I can get something, right? Well, yeah, I mean, but that's like... Those and then, are... so you get, you get to these points where, you get, where you're like, all right, fuck this, I give up. Which is, in some ways, a good thing, because you do have to let go to allow something new to but the, be birthed, I, So, so the, this, this gets into this Buddhist notion mm-hmm. um, where they say that you have to achieve the mind of the bodhicitta Mm-hmm. And the bodhicitta is the one that seeks enlightenment so that they can share it with all of the beings. And they actually say, until you have the mind of the bodhicitta, you will not achieve enlightenment because your motivation will not be strong enough. Mm, I so, believe it. So the realization that you are one with all things, now, if you give up, you're damning all of creation. It's wild. Right. And 
if, you know, what I said the other day is that real knowledge is the understanding that only one thing is real. I am that one thing. And if I live in alignment with reality to its deepest core, the universe cannot be taken over by evil. And faith is the proposition that I will not be alone in that journey. Like faith is the proposition that others will come to help. But that boils down to, I am the one thing, and so therefore I am the Messiah. And you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean the listen. The philosophical way to say it is that everyone's the center of the universe, right? Right. So it's right. like you're a center, not the center. Yeah. But the idea is that you're sharing that, and the idea is that the closer aligned with the one you are, the more aligned with reality you are, so the stronger you become. Mm. So you have the capacity to raise those that are trying, that are actually moving towards the transcendental object at the end of time. Right? If they're trying and you're doing what you're supposed to do, yeah. you'll be able to raise them now, or at least stabilize, right? In the moments though, and it's funny because in the moments that we give up, there's like nothing there. It's kind of like- What do you mean? Tom and Don's got this great line. He says, I'm not scared of success. I'm scared of what happens if I take a rest. Uh-huh. And there's this, if you keep moving towards the transcendental object, if you keep trying to become more of a modern day Buddha, right? Like everyone is to a certain degree, right? You keep, but you have infinity to catch up with. Right. So you keep striving, keep striving, keep striving to become more than you were 30 seconds ago, right? And you keep doing that. And it's hard because you're a finite being that's literally trying to catch infinity. Right? Actually, and you never catch it. You're actually trying to get away from yourself. Because if you're trying to go somewhere to become infinity, you're, you, you'll constantly fail. Because infinity right. is the center point, which is you, you know, your center point. So you, you'll, you'll fail until you give up in a way. Well, the thing, now, but that's one dimension of it, right? So uh-huh. that, that's like the Eastern dimension of it, right? Uh-huh. When you fuse the opposites, I heard a great thing said. It was like in the East, they're all B, 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 B. And in the West, they're all do, 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 do. But what uh-huh. we really need to do is be dooby, dooby, doo. So, so the idea is God's weakness is that God's infinite. So within infinity, the possibility for evil is there, right? Mm-hmm. So in many ways, we are the solution to God's problem. Because if we come of our own free will and start choosing to align with the plan of heaven, remember Satan was the brightest angel in heaven mm-hmm. and the sin was not the sex and it wasn't the intellect and it wasn't the money, it wasn't the materiality. The sin was the desire to break from the heavenly role. Right? So Satan was the brightest angel that said, fuck you, I'm going my own way. He didn't way. want to answer to God. Right. So what happens is when we make our decisions that I will use my my finitude to continuously merge to heaven. We grow more and more in alignment with that. And this dimension can't be lost. Right? Mm. But the more people give up, mm. right? the more people say, fuck it. You know, in, in Doctor Strange, that movie, the guy said, I got my miracle, and then he went and played basketball. And it's like, <laughs> right? the, more, the, the more people do that, right? Then what, uh, ha- then what happens is, it's like, look, like, there are people that are really fighting, they're really giving it all. Uh-huh. We have to carry more weight then.
so you mentioned Jordan Peterson earlier. Yeah. And he's really, uh, I've been watching, you know, you watch his modern journey. Yeah. And you see him like having little breakdowns, yeah. you know, on camera. Yeah. And you see him passionately explaining his points. And through that passion and his intellect, you're like, wow, look what he's doing. You know, look at what he's revealing. So he's really fucking riding the snake. He's doing what you're saying. He's trying to solve it. He's doing his job and he's doing all that he can to do it. And he's allowing us to see all of his weaknesses in the midst of doing it. You know, like how brutal it is. Because it'll, it will, it, it, I mean, the ultimate example in the last 2000 years is Jesus. And look what happened to him is like, we murdered him. Because he did everything he could to save everybody. Right. That's the metaphor, right? right? It's like he did everything he could to save us and we murdered him. Right. No, no. <laughs> Which it's... is fucking brutal. So in, in some ways it's almost like, is the metaphor then like murder the three-dimensionality of yourself to achieve a greater version no, of yourself I mean, and, imbi- and imbibe the, imbue the, uni- the three-dimensional universe with that greater version of yourself you know like sacrifice yourself he's like a it's like cannibal spiritual cannibalism in a way you know what i mean like we eat and like the tradition was to eat and drink him mm-hmm. after he died after he was murdered uh-huh. which i in some ways i look at it as like the church going looking like there's the jesus up on the tr- on the cross in every church everywhere in the world and there's the catholic church being like look we got your guy <laughs> you know yeah. here he is look what we did to him and then they metaphorically eat and drink him. So yeah. he's like the well, the church was clearly of like the church was clearly conquered by by demonic forces, right? Uh-huh. Like the, the Vatican. I mean, if you're still ca- it didn't like, start out that way. Yeah, I mean, it's like, but one if there was any ambiguity, or it did. Once they started fucking the kids, that was a wrap. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. What Carl Jung argues, and I think it's a very good argument, is that Jesus, that the martyrdom plane was for the age of Pisces and that we're moving into the age of Aquarius. And the idea here is the idea of kind of the dropping of the stupidities of the religion and Mm. the integration of the archetype. Mm. But at an individualistic level where what we're not doing is murdering the three-dimensional being, what we're doing is using kind of the the three-dimensional vessel as as a vortex point to stabilize the higher intelligences at an individualized level mm-hmm. that then i mean and basically the progression that young moves through is from persona to shadow and then from shadow to collective shadow mm-hmm. and from collective shadow to anima and animus and basically what he says is that very rare do people even get to the collective shadow that if you could actually start to integrate the anima and the animus, you will go on to transform the culture. And that after the anima and animus is what he calls the mandala of unity. So let's define the anima and the animus. The, that's the basically a higher male and female. Basically, I mean, very, very loose. I mean, there's different opinions on it, but if you're really to break it down slowly, and I'm gonna say as Jung would interpret it, because there's a lot of young yins that I don't think are really doing the process. I mean, I watch uh-huh. them, they're kind of sterile and. I mean, Young was supposed. Young, Young was fucking crazy. I mean, when you hear uh-huh. this, when you hear the stories about Carl Young, I uh-huh. mean, the guy was he was a beast, right? I mean, 
This guy was electric to be around. I mean, he was, there's a story, towards the end of his life, he only worked with very wealthy clients. And one of them one day pulled up on a yacht dressed just like him, <laughs> smoking a pipe just like he did. Funny. And Young realized that the guy was trapped trying to impersonate him. Mm -hmm. So he said he jumped on the guy's yacht and stole it. And as he was driving away, he screamed, you bore me. <laughs> and took the guy's yacht. I mean, this is, this is the type of shit that this guy was into. So from the Jungian eyes, basically what he's saying is that when you embody as male, your higher self is female. And if you embody as female, your higher self is male. Now, when you get down into that, it's that your innards, the male, a male's psychology is feminine and a female psychology is masculine. Wait, wait, stop, stop, stop. When you embody as male, your higher self is female? Basically, loosely stated in the Jungian sense. And when you embody as female, your higher self is male. Right. Does he say why? Because we're balancing opposites. Uh-huh. Right. So when you get deeper into the immediacy of it, think about how if you look at a woman, it, it feels like this like graceful, non-intellectual thing when you look at her. And if you look at the insides of a male, it's very like still and calm. If you look at a woman, the insides of a woman are very they're intelligent, they're calculated, mm -hmm. right? And they don't present like that, so you could actually see it, right? Like inside, we are female inside they are male mm. Right? Mm. so the idea is that to integrate your anima and animus young literally says that that is the confrontation with pure evil and that if you can cross because you're dealing with your perfect opposite okay and the proof of that's the family court system right i mean every single person that goes to the family court system literally like, when you are in the family court system and they send you the thing from your ex it's literally said to you from the adversary which is what they call Satan in the That's Bible. That's amazing. It's literally, uh, we received a That's letter. That's the, the legal language. The legal language is you are receiving a letter from the That's adversary. Amazing. Right? Amazing. So, it. and then everybody walks around and they'll all tell you that their ex is the fucking Antichrist. Right, right, right. right. Because they are. Right. Because they yeah. are literally, you are heavenly opposite. Right. Now the trick is if you integrate that, then the forces of nature. So if you look at every guy that's gotten crushed yeah. in the family court system, they were normally like good guys. I'm not going to say it on there. We were just talking about one of our friends that got crushed by this before. Uh -huh. right? Now what happens is these are normally really good guys that are up for that final test. And the test is when you're betrayed mm. by the one that you love because now you have to integrate all of that into your sphere. And it's always, how can she do that? I would never think that she did that. And if you actually come to understand how she did it, if you actually understand why she did it, if you uh -huh. actually understand all the things going on and you embody it and engender it, then you're catapulted into the Madalas of Unity. It's really interesting that you say that because those, you know, when you, I mean, it's as simple as having your heart broken, right? Right. And that can send you into oblivion, essentially. Right. Like there's nothing that can wreck a person quicker than falling in love. Right. You know, so, so now, but now you're putting it in the, the you're placing that in the example of the legal system. <laughs> Which is I'm fucking insane. I can't imagine uh, that's got to be the hardest thing for an adult to go through. Well, is I'll like, tell you, and I, I the, have to, I is just... dealing with that crushing emotional experience, and then it being transformed into this legal, you know, like fucking like. Let me tell you something. Meat Look, grinder. Let me just say this. I, I I got a text, and I have to go soon. Uh huh. Um, there was, but 
I knew I was going to be okay when I went through the shit with the family courts because uh-huh. I was listening to Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson was talking about the um, what the Bible is, and he says it's when it's when the worst possible thing happens to the best possible person, not in spite of, but because they did the right thing. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. and it was crazy because when when I temporarily lost custody of my son because I was fighting for him to not have to fucking get abused in the school by wearing a mask. And it's insane. Like you take a five-year-old kid Mm -hmm. and you lock him in a room, you make him wear a mask for eight hours, you keep him six feet away from his friends, you treat the kids like they're fucking bioweapons. I mean, it's insane. It's absolutely fucking nuts. Yeah. So. What are these kids going to be like, you know? So I lost my kid for doing the right thing. And it was because, and then I'm walking around, I'm dealing with it. And it was so crazy. And it's the reconciliation of opposites. When I started to realize everything was going to be okay, was when multiple people started coming to me and saying, this is the worst thing a man could go through. When I was talking about it, so many people started saying, this is the worst wow. thing a man could go through. Wow. And I like, and then I realized it was like, oh, I'm just manifesting the archetype. Everything's going to be fucking right. fine. <laughs> right. and, and then it was like, just forgive don't go into resentment. Right, right, right. Just keep going and everything will be fine. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. And everything's... Um, can we do a part two? <laughs> We're going to have to. Yeah, because do I... You, you don't have to leave Seriously? right... Do you have to leave Why right now? Why do you have now? to go? Why did you schedule something after this? Didn't you know it was a couple oh, hours? Hours? I mean, we did an hour. No, normally he does three-hour talks. No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Well, I've been doing shorter it's ones. Yuchi. But, um... Do you, you have to leave right now? Can you stay till 11? Can we can we fucking do one uh, round of freestyling? And yeah, then we can you can definitely split? do freestyling. Yeah. Okay, great. We can definitely All right, let me set freestyling. that up. All right. All right, so uh, to be continued, this conversation. Soon, yeah. I just All got right. a text and people. I have to, I have to Before we freestyle, uh, Cheese, is there a way that you would want people to be able to find you? People who hear the show? Do you want to be found? Yeah, so what we'll do is I have my crackpot video coming out soon. Okay. So I'll send it to you and then you can post it with this. All right, maybe, but uh, just tell us I'm how to che- find you I'm online. Jesus, I'm Jesus Christ 9 on Instagram. Jesus Christ 9. 9 on, on Instagram. Instagram. How is Jesus? C H E E S U S. Christ. Christ, like Christ, nine. and then nine, like the number. On Instagram. Yeah. Okay. And then I have my YouTube channel, which I tried to direct somebody to the other day and they couldn't find it. Okay. So we'll just give you a video for that one. <laughs> oh, well, Instagram's a place to start. Yeah. So, okay. hi guys, I'm on Instagram. And so you have a, and you have a song coming out soon that's called Crackpot. Yeah, sure. Which, if people look up Jesus Christ on YouTube, um, they'll be able to find you. What would they look up? Cheese cause should come up. C O Z, K O Z, K O Z. Okay. Cheese cause. All right. Well, you're gonna have to work that one out. But you gotta sh- brand it a little better. We, we we struggled with this, so I'm just <laughs> sending the link to people. Okay. Cool. But well, I, I could put the YouTube video on my Instagram, right? Well, you can you can you can put a link on your Instagram. That's the on your Instagram homepage. If they press on that link, it could go straight to your YouTube channel. So guys, go to Jesus Christ Nine. On Instagram. Instagram. Okay, so that's how we find you. All right, so uh, to be continued. And uh, the next thing you hear is uh, Cheese and I freestyling. And I'm not a great, I haven't rapped in a long time, so um, we'll see what happens. I'll be like your flavor flavor or something. I love flavor flavor. Okay.
Check, check. Oh no, our oceans are too legit to 
He literally freestyles and walks out the door. <laughs> That's amazing. It's totally cheese. Do you want to sing a hook, Laurel? What? Do you want to sing a hook before we go? Can't even be like la 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 la. I was trying to find something that went over this, but I, uh, I'm thinking. You started thinking it's death. Thinking is death with freestyling. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Post Relevant Podcast. More to come. Jesus Christ. Laurel Rethke in the Fairy Den. Yours truly, Phil. Chilling with the crystals. Yo, we got crystals, man! I love you all. Thanks for listening. That's going to do it for episode 24 of the Post Relevant Podcast. Did you find it? The transcendental object at the end of time? Keep looking, it's there somewhere. Super special thanks to my buddy Cheese, AKA Jesus Christ, for a spectacular interview. We're gonna try to do more of these this season, so stay tuned for more Cheese in your podcast diet. See what I did there? You can find Cheese online by going to Cheese Cause on YouTube, that's K-O-Z and looking up his new music video, Crackpot. And make sure you check out his other YouTube channel, Extraterrestrial Chess. It's really entertaining to watch Cheese hustle chess matches in the park and dazzle people with his scintillating intellect. You can also find Cheese on Instagram, at JesusChrist9. My eternal gratitude to Laurel Rethke and the Fairy Den for hosting this conversation. Next time we do this, I'm definitely gonna get her to sing the hook. Laurel is a crystal expert and a healer, and the Fairy Den is a crystal shop in New York City that has an incredibly carefully curated crystal collection. You can find out more about her by going to her website, thefairyden.com. That's F-A-E-R-I-E-D-E-N. And you can find her on Instagram, at thefairyden. And check out her book, Connecting with Crystals, it's the definitive crystal guide for the new millennium. Mega special thanks to the band Soft and Furious for all their incredible music that was used as a backdrop for this conversation today. Be sure to check out dozens of their excellent musical compositions by looking up Soft and Furious on freemusicarchive.org. You can also find out who made all the beats for this episode by looking in the show notes. The post-relevant podcast theme song was written by Alan Tobin and yours truly, Phil Restino. Together, we are Agents of Venus. You can get our full-length album, Bodooved, by looking up Agents of Venus on Bandcamp. You can see tons of samples of my acting, art, and music if you go to my website, These Are Dreams. 
If you want to check out all of season one of the Post Relevant Podcast and all of the new and upcoming season two Post Relevant Podcast episodes, just go to postrelevant.com. And if you click on the merch button at the top of the page on postrelevant.com, it'll take you to my Redbubble store where you can pick up any of five new t-shirt designs, including the new Under the Silver Lake Triple Goddess Tribute t-shirt, which I think you're going to love. If you'd like to support the show, just go to patreon.com forward slash post relevant and donate. Thank you. If you'd like to contact me, you can reach me at postrelevantpodcast at gmail. And you can also find me at Phil Restino on Facebook and Instagram. And if you go to instagram.com forward slash Phil Restino, you can see all the posters, videos, lyrics, and more for the Post Relevant Podcast, the full 5D experience. Also, the Post Relevant Podcast is on YouTube now. You can hear the Under the Silver Lake movie watch-along episode, and there'll be lots more episodes coming soon. Thank you again for listening to episode 24 of the Post Relevant Podcast. Coming up, this show will be hijacked by the Welcome to the Art Shed podcast, where host Carl Rustino will interview the ghost of Jerry Garcia. Sounds spooky! And remember... Fortune knocks at least once on every man's door. Be sure to answer!